let me just share with all of us the origins of America's annual Thanksgiving Day. The pilgrims left Plymouth, England on September 6, 1620. Their destination was the New World. Although filled with uncertainty and peril, it offered both civil and religious liberty. They left England because they were persecuted by the king. The king wanted all of his subjects to follow whatever his decrees were. And he had certain prayers that he wanted the entire nation to embrace. But these pilgrims sought to venture with uncertainty in pursuit of freedom, both civilly and religiously. We all know them as the Thomasites. Arriving in Massachusetts in 8 November, the pilgrims sought suitable language, suitable land, landing place. On December 11, just before disembarking at Plymouth Rock, they signed the Mayflower Compact, America's first document of civil government and the first to introduce self-government. After a prayer service, remember, they escaped England for religious liberty. After a prayer service, the pilgrims began building hasty shelters. However, unprepared for starvation, the sickness of a harsh New England winter, nearly half, 57 of the 99 died before spring. Yet persevering in prayer and assisted by helpful Indians, they reaped a bountiful harvest the following summer. It was not, many, it was not until many years later, in 1789, following a proclamation issued by President George Washington that America celebrated its first day of thanksgiving to God under its new constitution. The same year, the Protestant Episcopal Church, of which President Washington was a member, announced that the first Thursday in November would become its regular day for giving thanks. What about the turkey? Where did that come from? They arrived. There was nothing to eat. So with the help of the Indians, they hunted. And the turkey was available. That's why you have the turkey. Fowl was available. All kinds of pheasants and this and that. And that was what God had provided for them. My friends, Thanksgiving is not about shopping. Thanksgiving is about God. The very first Thanksgiving was celebrated as an honor to God for His faithfulness to these people who took a stand and decided to leave religious persecution in England to come to the yet unknown Americas. It is not about you. It is not about me. It is not about the meal. It is not about shopping. Thanksgiving is about God.
What is thanksgiving anyway? Let's look at the definition. Definition of thanks. Kindly or grateful thoughts. Gratitude. It is an expression of gratitude. Second, an expression of gratitude return thanks before the meal. Often used in an utterance containing no verb and serving as a courteous and somewhat informal expression of gratitude. Many thanks. Do you give thanks before taking the meal? If you're hungry, thank you, Lord. Minsan nakasubo na. Ay, hindi po tayo thank you. Lord, thank you, ha? It's an expression of thanks. It is an expression of your gratitude. Right? So, on behalf of myself, my family, and the leadership of CCFLA, I want to greet all of you a happy Thanksgiving Day. Glory to God. Amen? Now, I need your uh, help here. What is the response to the following? Okay? We'll, 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 we'll do some uh, audience participation, so to speak. What is the response to the following? If I say, thank you, what is your response? Yeah. mo lang eh. Right? Okay. What is the response to them? This. Is there a problem? Depends. But usually what? No problem. My friends, my question is this. This is what I observe here in America. Okay? This is what I observe. I don't know if you will agree. I think you will. When I say thank you, what did they usually say? Have you noticed? Hey, thanks man. No problem. Sometimes I want to say, did I ask if there's a problem? <laughs> why, why is it why is it that when people express their thanks, they say, no problem? Sometimes people say this. Don't mention it. So you do not wish for me to express my gratitude to you? Don't mention it. It's like you're brushing away my thanks. Thank you. No problem. Waiter in the restaurant gives your meal. Uh, sir, who has the uh, spaghetti and meatballs? That's me. Then he puts it, thank you, no problem. If I don't give a tip, you will have a problem. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I really cannot understand why it is that when I say thank you to somebody, more often than not, the response back to me is, no problem. But may problema ba? Is it really so difficult to say thank you and then you would respond, you're welcome or you're most welcome or it was my pleasure to serve you. In certain restaurants, that is how their staff are trained, if you noticed. Thank you. It's my pleasure, sir. 
hindi yung no problem. Parang off. Di ba? It's kind of off. I'm expressing my gratitude to you. And you're saying, it's not a problem. Maybe you have a problem. The message of, the, the message of, ayan na, dyslexic na naman ang dila ko. The title of my message for us this morning is, thanks, but no thanks. Very simple. Thanks, but no thanks. Thank you, no problem. Thanks, but no thanks. Let's pray. God Almighty, we thank you for the first pilgrims who started their life in the new world with thanksgiving and praise to you. They sought religious freedom because they wanted to worship you without being persecuted. Thank you for their example of boldness and standing firm for what they believe about you. God, this morning, as we look to your word, it is my prayer that we will see what thanksgiving has in relationship to our relationship with you or lack thereof. Give us wisdom that causes understanding and obedience to your word. And speak to your people, Lord. May your Holy Spirit be the one to speak to all of us. For I am but your servant. And I pray that I will do justice to the preaching of your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What's the title of our message this morning? Thanks. But no thanks. When I express my gratitude to a person, that in and of itself should elicit a response. Yes? Thank you. You're welcome. Right? But sometimes I can offer something, I can offer an expression of gratitude, and the response is basically no thanks, no need. Thank you. No problem. Thanks, but no thanks. Romans chapter 1, Paul writes, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. You see, we all know that God is a good God, Yes? He is a loving God. He is a compassionate God. He is a giving God. He is a gracious God. But we don't want to appreciate that God is also a God of wrath, a God of anger, a God of justice. And people out there will tell you, your God doesn't like you. He is an angry God. He is angry at you. Is that what Romans chapter 1 is saying? The anger of God is not directed towards people. The anger of God is directed towards the ungodlessness. The act, not the person. The wrath of God is being revealed against godlessness and wickedness. Who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Look at verse 19. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. 
My friends, God is not a God of confusion. He is not a God who plays hide and seek. He is a God who wants to be found. He is a God who wants to be understood. And what He wants for you and me is to know that He has made it plain and clear that He is God. He is not this cosmic killjoy that, okay, look for me and then you can find Him. I will make it plain to you because what I want to make known to you about myself I will make crystal clear without a shadow of a doubt. So he says, what may be known about God is plain to them. Why? Because God made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that People are without excuse. So how did God make it clear that there is a God? How? Through His creation. By what has been made. They say that man... Is a byproduct of a big bang. You believe you are a product of a big bang? From nothing there became something. A lot of us have washing machine. In the Philippines, it's like this. Washing machine. You put some pieces together, you put a strap, you put a battery, you put this, you put that, you put cycle, and then you open it up, you have a wristwatch. That's what a lot of people want us to believe. That out of nothing, something came forth. My friend, God is saying, I want you to know that I exist. And the way that I want you to know that I exist is very simple. Just look around you. There are a lot of scientists who have made it their career to try to explain creation. How this became, how that became. They don't even know how a tree came about. Yet they want us to believe all of these highfalutin calculations and all this and that. A tree, they do not even know. God made it clear to them for since the creation of the world God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen visible the mountains the waters the flowers the animals the insects human beings he made it clear to them having been clearly seen being understood that was has been made so that people are without excuse how by what has been made. There is a creator. Now, you are familiar with this. What is this? 
That solar system, pumasa tayo. That solar system. Right? Do you see if they are aligned or not? Who set all of these planets in place? God. Imagine if the earth was just a little bit closer to the sun. We are toast. Right? If the earth were just a little bit farther away from the sun, we're popsicles. But the earth revolves in, a, in an axis of its own, equidistant from the sun, equidistant from the other planets, so that they don't collide. A degree closer, a degree further away could mean life or death for you and for me. But God, according to the book of Job, set all of this in place. When you wake up in the morning, what do you usually see? The sun. Before you retire, what do you see? The moon. Imagine if God did not divide the day and the night. Your employers will be happy. Why are you going home? It is not yet evening. But see, God put these things. He called it day. He called it night. Let there be a division, an expanse between the waters and let the land bring forth and the plants and the, and the shrubs and the insects and every moving thing. God introduced himself through his creation by what has been made. Thanks, but no thanks. Why? For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, in their foolish hearts were darkened. Nor gave thanks to him. Thank you, no problem. Thanks, but no thanks. They knew God, but they neither glorified God nor gave thanks to God. My friends, I'm telling all of us this morning, myself included, that ungratefulness could be a sign that you have really not understood your relationship with God. They knew God. But they did not glorify Him, nor did they give Him thanks. So what did God do? Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. And what did they do? They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. So it's really an exchange. Thank you, but no thank you. Yes, God, I know that you exist, but I choose not to acknowledge you. 
So instead of acknowledging God, they decided to fashion their own gods. One like me. One like cre other created things. Why? Because if I acknowledge that there is a God, guess what? I am accountable to that creator. But if I fashion an idol like me, ah, I can compare. Well I'm, better well, I'm better than you. Or you're better than me. But if I acknowledge that there is a God, and I am accountable to that God, guess what? The Bible says, I am without excuse. Therefore, because they chose this, thanks but no thanks, therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with, with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. This is the principle of what you like, you like it. You don't know the principle of what you like, you like it? If you like it, you like it. God is introducing himself. He gives you the opportunity to acknowledge him. If you do not wish to acknowledge him, what will God do? I have already introduced myself to you. You do not want to acknowledge me? Fine. Just like the prodigal son. He wanted to depart. Okay, fine, whatever. Therefore, God gave them over. That is what you want to do. Then, do what you want to do. But do not tell me later on that you did not realize that there were consequences to your choice. Because we have been given free will by God. And we have the freedom to make choices, but we are not exempt from the consequences of those choices. You see, God is a gracious God. You want to go? You have the right. Therefore, God gave them over to the depravity of their mind. They begin to exchange normal relations for abnormal relations. You have a whole gamut of abominable sins in the Bible. So read it. It's not me saying this. It is God declaring this. Thanks, but no thanks. They decided not to give thanks to God. So what did God do? What can God do? God gave them over. To the desires of their heart. Evil desires as they may be. Now did God force them to do evil things? No. They made their choice. They made, they made their bed. They chose to do these things. And they are without excuse. You cannot say, God, I did not know. I introduce you. Look at the planets. Look at the mountains. Look at the seas. Look at everything that has been created. How can you say that you don't know me? I introduce myself to you. 
My power to create all of these things created something from nothing. Ex nihilo. You remember in Genesis when we studied that? From nothing, God produces something. So who was there since the beginning? God. The psalmist writes in Psalm 106, Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. My friend, if you do not know that God is good, why will you give thanks? Why will you respond to the goodness of God? And people usually who do not have a relationship with God do not acknowledge the goodness of God. So we come to know this as a responsorial psalm. Okay? Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Dito medyo tulog pa. To Him alone does great wonders. Who by His understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. The sun to govern the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. What is common? It's all about God. It's all about God's love for you and for me. My friend, if you have not experienced the love of God, you will not have the capacity to give thanks. Oh, you can mouth it. Thank you. Remember when I challenged you about radical volunteering and giving? Give humbly. You're going about it externally, but internally you're complaining. Laki-laki ng tithe. Wala bang 5% lang? Mahirap ang buhay ngayon. If you have not experienced the love of God, I submit to you, you will have difficulty if even you have the capacity to give thanks. Look at that rep- responsorial psalm. Created the sun. His love endures forever. Who created the moon to govern the night? His love endures forever. My friend, the constancy of the Christian life is not about what we have. It is about the enduring, unchanging, unfathomable, eternal love of God. His love never changes. His love endures forever. Yet we cannot even give thanks. We only give thanks to God when things are good. Even if we recall to give thanks to God. Shared with you this morning as we prepared our Hearts for worship. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Some of us who have been 
Long in the faith, uh, know this song, right? Yes? Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. Taposin nyo na, matanda na ako eh. How can you? Faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. It's not about us. It's about God. What can we thank God for? I'm gonna do something different. If you have something to thank God for this morning, I want you to stand and just declare it. I challenge you. Stand. What do you want to thank God for? Thank God for life. Mommy. Praise God. What else? Philip. Praise God. Cecil. Your uh, Wow, praise God. Dondi. My family. Anyone else? Mommy, can I share? Yesterday we were here, they, they cooked breakfast for us. So you missed that, those of you who did not volunteer. <laughs> and Mommy and I got to talk because uh, she and Sister Tess, they went to Manila. Long story short, Mommy Lucy has been praying for her son for 30, 3-0 Three decades. But when they went home to Manila, they saw with their own eyes that God, the God whose love endures forever, has answered their prayers. 30, 3, 0. Sometimes we cannot even pray for three minutes because we are impatient but his love endures forever Medwin praise God praise God bakit parang pabulong Tessa. Praise God. (laughs) 
for not giving up on you. His love endures forever. Praise God, brother. Thank you. Tess, shut up. I thank God that His time is the perfect time. Praise God. George. Because behind the trials and the problems is a lesson that God, our faithful and loving God, is trying to teach us. Because He wants us to be conformed to the image and likeness of His Son. God is not an angry God that He would put you in a situation just to punish you. That's not our God. His love endures forever. Was there someone else? Yes. I thank God for He answers all our prayers. Mm-hmm. I thank God. I just came back from Israel trip. Oh. I came back on Sunday to see and uh, I was walking and the Lord gave me a divine purpose. See that? Yeah. Oh, hindi mo kami sinama. <laughs> Brother. I thank God for all that He did with me to comfort me. Praise God. You see, we have a lot, if we really sit down, we have a lot to thank for. Thank God for, yes? But what is easier to do? Complain. To complain. You know that song, God is the strength of my heart? The source of that song is in the Psalms. The psalmist was writing, I look at my neighbor. My neighbor is a sinner. My neighbor does not know you. Why is he blessed? While I, I am following you. Why am I not blessed? But he recovered. My heart and my strength, many times they fail. But there is one truth that always will prevail. God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. Look at how good God is. We know that in that, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Unless you have anchored Countered the God of the Bible. Adversity you will take negatively. But if you love God and you know that you have a personal, vibrant relationship with Him, you can claim Romans 8.28. I know that in all things, God works together for good to those who love Him. To those who have been called according to His purpose. When God created everything, He created man. He created man and woman in His image. He put man in the center of the garden that He had created. And He told Adam and Eve, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. The Lord put the man, put him in the garden of Eden to work it. And the Lord God commanded him, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. 
God gave them the warning. God gave them the garden, but God also gave them the warning so that you are without excuse. And instead of looking at the 99.99999%, what did they do? Where is that forbidden tree? Makita nga. Bah. You see how ungrateful that act is? You have everything. But why do you want to choose the one that you do not have? Ungrateful. Look at this guy. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth. Verse 20. I took away some for sake of time. Jesus told him, Obey the commands. Honor your father and mother. Obey the commands. His reply was, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. Looking at him, Jesus felt love for him and said, One thing you lack, go and sell all, your possess, all you possess, give to the poor, you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. So he asked the right person, he asked Jesus Christ, What do I know to gain eternal life? Jesus Christ said, Obey the commands. Oh! All I have obeyed since I was young. Ah, there is something deeper in you. Because God is God. Jesus is God. He knows. One thing you lack. Sell all your possessions. Give to the poor. Follow me. Very simple, right? He went to Jesus to get an answer, right? Jesus answered him, right? Did he like the answer? But at these words... He was saddened and went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. He went to Jesus, the author and giver of life, to seek the answer to the most important question. How can I have eternal life? Leave everything behind. Follow me. Thanks, but no thanks. So he left sad. He left sad. Why? Because he was rich. He was not, give, he was not willing to give up earth to gain heaven. Thanks, but no thanks. In contrast, as he entered the village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. What happened? They went to Jesus. How many of them went to Jesus? Ten. What, what, what were they asking Jesus to do? Cleanse them of their leprosy. Now, why would Jesus tell them to go and show themselves to the priest? During their time, it was the job of the priest 
to declare whether the leprosy of this individual is cleared or not. So go, you, go and show yourselves to the priest. Because it is the priest who will declare, oh, this person is already fully cured of his leprosy. He may now rejoin society. Because in their time, if you were a leper, you would have to be quarantined. You will have to be removed from the population and you will go there to the Philippines. Tala leprosarium. So they went to Jesus. You see, Jesus is no respecter of persons. Even if you are leprous, even if you are an outcast of society, you call upon Jesus and Jesus will come to you. Go, show yourselves to the priest. What did they do? Look at the verse. As they were going. Did they obey the command of Jesus Christ? How about that other rich young ruler? Did he obey the command of Jesus Christ? No. He did not experience Jesus Christ because he decided not to obey. These people, these ten, decided to obey Jesus Christ as they were going, as they were obeying. What happened? They were cleansed. Ten of them were cleansed. Now one of them when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. How many were cleansed? How many asked to be cleansed? Ten, 100%. Batting average. Perfect. Right? How many came back? Oh, a tithe. 10%. Only one came back glorifying God and giving thanks. You remember Romans chapter 1? They neither glorified God nor gave thanks to God. This guy came back glorifying God and giving thanks to God. But what was peculiar is the statement of Jesus about this leper who came back. He was a Samaritan. And Samaritans have nothing to do with Jews. But this Samaritan, this foreigner, so to speak, came back glorifying God and giving thanks to Jesus. And what did Jesus reply? Then Jesus answered and said, we're, we're not there ten? Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned give, to give glory to God except this foreigner? This leper not only encountered physical healing, he encountered spiritual healing because this is what Jesus said. He said to him, stand up. Go. Your faith 
has made you well. He encountered Jesus Christ. And he got saved. His faith made him not only physically well. His faith made him spiritually well. That's why I say, if you have a hard time thanking God, I challenge you. Examine yourself. If you have a genuine, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. Because out of the overflow of your heart speaks your mouth. And if you cannot give thanks to God, perhaps you have not really encountered God. This leper had a genuine encounter with Jesus. He came back glorifying God. He came back thanking Jesus. Unlike those in Romans chapter 1, to whom God introduced himself through his creation, they glorified him not and they gave him thanks not. To them, thanks but no thanks. But to this leper, thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Why? Why should we give thanks? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Why? This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now I have to be honest. I don't have a problem with rejoicing. Yung mahirap, yung always. I don't have a problem praying. The difficult part is continually. I don't have a problem giving thanks. But the Bible says, in all circumstances. Why? For this is God's will for you. If you are in Christ Jesus. Let's not be bewildered about people who do not give thanks because perhaps they do not understand. They do not have a relationship with God. That's why they cannot give thanks. They do not have the capacity to give thanks because they have not encountered the God whose love endures forever. So what is my take home to all of us this morning? Number one, thank Jesus by trusting Him for your salvation. Thank Jesus for, by trusting Him for your salvation. Jesus Christ is giving you an offer of eternal life. You have a choice. Thanks or thanks but no thanks. Romans chapter 10 in the NIV, what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, that is. The message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And verse 11, as Scripture says, no one, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. You have a choice. You can go to heaven assured 
if you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Or you can try to get to heaven on your own. And I'm telling you now, you're not going to make it. Because Jesus Christ himself said, I am the one and only way. I am the one and only truth. I am the one and only life. No one, absolutely no one comes to heaven except through me. So the best way that I, as a person, as a sinner, separated from a holy God because of my sin, can express my thanks to Jesus who died in my place, is to acknowledge you, Jesus, took my sins upon your body on the tree, and you died in my place so that I would no longer live a life of sin, but would live a righteous life in and through you. Thank Jesus by trusting Him for your salvation. Now what do you do now? But pastor, I already prayed that prayer. My friend, coming to faith in Jesus Christ is just the first step. Praying that prayer or confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord is not the end all and be all of your Christian life. So what's the second point? Thank Jesus by living a holy life through the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Therefore, putting aside all malice, all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and slander, here we go, like newborn babies, Long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to your salvation. When you come to faith in Christ, you have been born again. That is what the Bible teaches. But God expects us to grow up in Him. So do not be deceived that just because you prayed the prayer that there is no responsibility on your part to cultivate that relationship with God. Crave the pure milk of the Word of God. So you and I need to read the Word of God, meditate on it, and more importantly, obey it in our lives so that we may grow in respect to our salvation. Look at the practical stuff. Put aside malice. Put aside deceit. Put aside hypocrisy. Put aside envy. Put aside slander. There must be a corresponding change to your profession of faith. And if Pastor Peter Tanchi were preaching, if you just keep on saying that you're a Christian, but your life does not show it, maybe on you, your lips will go to heaven. <laughs> you go through the archives. Those of you who just came from CCF, am I telling the truth or not? Yes. Only your lips. Of course, that is not true, right? But that is just a metaphor. You just keep on saying that you're a Christian. And then it is not accompanied by life evidence. My friends, there is something wrong. Now, the Christian life is impossible. That's why we thank Jesus. We thank God by living a holy life in the power of His Holy Spirit, because left to ourselves, we cannot live the Christian life. 
We need Christ in our lives, number one. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can live out our salvation with fear and trembling, according to Philippians. Look at what Jesus Christ said before He ascended back into heaven. He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or epochs which the Father has fixed by His authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the world, of the earth. I do not have the capacity to live a godly Christian life apart from the Holy Spirit. Don't even think about it. Oh, kaya ko yan. Nek-nek mo. God already said, you cannot live it apart from me. You cannot. And my friend, if you're relying on yourself to live out a holy life, you will be frustrated. And over time, you might even turn your back on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hirap, hirap. Of course, it is not only difficult, it is impossible. That's why you and I need to depend on the Holy Spirit. You and I, okay, oh God, what do you want me to do? Now, if you are depending on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will fill you and work it out. But many times, oh God, what do you want me to do? Ah, thanks, no thanks. Hirap, hirap. Lastly, thank Jesus by obeying the command to make disciples. Before Jesus Christ went back to heaven, this is the command that he left. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the command that God gave us. So if we are not obeying this command, what good is it that, oh, but God, I'm obeying this command. And I'm also obeying this command. And I'm also obeying this command. And then forget that I have family members who need to know about Jesus Christ. I have spiritual family who need to know that God expects you to obey all. What is the good or what is the use of that sign? Every member, a discipler, every family, a d-group. Because love, charity, discipleship begins at home. I disciple so many people, I do this, I do that. My own family is a mess. So if you really want to show appreciation to God, what are the three? Thank Jesus by trusting Him for your salvation. Thank Jesus by living a holy life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And what's the third? Thank Jesus by obeying His command to make disciples. Therefore, my question to all of us this morning, are we disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about that you just praying a prayer. It's more than that. Disciple means follower. 
How does one come to faith in Jesus Christ? Romans chapter 10. Confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. And if you're really saved, you will live a life of holiness. Fully dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit. And part and parcel to that is that you will want to share about Jesus Christ and what he can do to save the soul of a sinner once lost like you were. Begin with your family. Begin with your family. Make sure that all of your family members are saved. All you need to do is share with them. Salvation is not your work. Salvation is not my work. Jesus Christ said, you will be what? Witnesses. So if you witness, you just share with them. It's up to them if they say, thank you, Lord, or thanks, but no thanks. Let's close with this psalm once again. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To Him who alone does great wonders. Who by His understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. The sun to govern the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Let's pray. God Almighty, thank you for reminding us that a thankful heart is a sign of a heart that has encountered your Son, Jesus Christ. God, if there be anyone here who still has not placed their faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray that this Thanksgiving celebration will be a real and tangible one that they trust in the completed and perfect work of your Son, Jesus Christ. All we need to do is come to you in faith and you confess you as Lord and Savior of our souls. God, I also want to challenge those who are here this morning who are self-dependent rather than Holy Spirit dependent in trying to live out their Christianity on their own power. Allow us, Lord, to humbly come before you to confess our independence and accept our dependence upon your Holy Spirit. And may all of us, Lord God, decide to commit to follow the command of discipleship beginning, Lord, with our very own families. Thank you again, Lord God. We ask you to bless the food that we will partake of. Allow us a good time of fellowship, glorifying your holy